Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, Ask questions and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now... Taz and Paula. Well, good morning, everyone out there. Taz, are you with me? Yes, I am. Oh, good great. morning. Well, today our guest author is Dieter Hagenbach. He'll be chatting with us today, sharing how he and co-author Lucius Wittermuller have captured the essence of their dear friend's life, Albert Hoffman's biography so eloquently in his earth-shaking LSD discovery and the importance it brought forward in brain fingerprinting, scientifically, spiritually, artistically, and in social dialogue arenas. The book's title is Mystic Chemist, The Life of Albert Hoffman and His Discovery of LSD. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Only a few discoveries of the 20th century have had such crucial and profound influences on science, society, and culture as LSD. This mysterious and extremely potent substance causes profound changes of consciousness in doses of millionths of a gram. And Swiss chemist Albert Hoffman first experienced his remarkable efforts excuse me, effects during a self-experiment with the surgic acid diophilamide in 1943 at uh, Sandoz Laboratory in Basel, Switzerland. It changed his life deeply as it also has the lives of millions around the world. And um, his bicycle ride during the first LSD trip became legendary. We're going to have to ask about that one. Today, Dieter Hagerbach will be ushering us through the eyes of some of Albert Hoffman's journeys, his mystical childhood experiences, some of his years of retirement devoted to the philosophy of nature, and a rich social life. Well, uh, even Steve Jobs was known to say, taking LSD was a profound experience, one of the most important things in my life. Uh, Well... Albert Hoffman lived to be 102, and looking at the cover of your book, it looks like he was a great. He has a great sense of humor, highly analytical, and had quite a dramatic flair with life. A take charge kind of fellow with robust energy. He must have been quite. You must have been really pleased to know him, and I bet you had quite a journey with your friendship with um, Albert and uh, Lucius. So, welcome, Dieter. Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> now, I I heard that. I mean, I read somewhere that you were you had studied in architecture, um, and the arts of, at the Academy of Fine Arts in Dusseldorf, Germany. And then, in 1975, you founded the Sphinx Publishing House with works mm-hmm. such great authors like Joseph Campbell and Gene Houston and Timothy Leary and Alan Watts. Now, how did you jump from being in uh, architecture to uh, being a publisher of great works? Oh, that's um, not so easy to explain. Um, <laughs> during my studies in architecture, I made uh, a trip to India to study uh, uh
Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, ask questions, and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, Ask questions and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now... Taz and Paula. Well, good morning, everyone out there. Taz, are you with me? Yes, I am. Oh, good great. morning. Well, today our guest author is Dieter Hagenbach. He'll be chatting with us today, sharing how he and co-author Lucius Wittermuller have captured the essence of their dear friend's life, Albert Hoffman's biography so eloquently in his earth-shaking LSD discovery and the importance it brought forward in brain fingerprinting, scientifically, spiritually, artistically, and in social dialogue arenas. The book's title is Mystic Chemist, The Life of Albert Hoffman and His Discovery of LSD. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Only a few discoveries of the 20th century have had such crucial and profound influences on science, society, and culture as LSD. This mysterious and extremely potent substance causes profound changes of consciousness in doses of millionths of a gram. And Swiss chemist Albert Hoffman first experienced his remarkable efforts excuse me, effects during a self-experiment with the surgic acid diethylamide in 1943 at uh, Sandoz Laboratory in Basel, Switzerland. It changed his life deeply as it also has the lives of millions around the world. And um, his bicycle ride during the first LSD trip became legendary. We're going to have to ask about that one. Today, Dieter Hagerbach will be ushering us through the eyes of some of Albert Hoffman's journeys, his mystical childhood experiences, some of his years of retirement devoted to the philosophy of nature and a rich social life. Well, uh, even Steve Jobs was known to say, taking LSD was a profound experience, one of the most important things in my life. Uh, well, Albert Hoffman lived to be 102, and looking at the cover of your book, it looks like he was a great, he has a great sense of humor, highly analytical, and had quite a dramatic flair with life. A take-charge kind of fellow with robust energy, he must have been quite you must have been really pleased to know him, and I bet you had quite a journey with your friendship with um, Albert and uh, Lucius. So welcome, Dieter. Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> now, I I heard that, I mean, I read somewhere that you, were, you had studied in architecture um, 
and the Arts of, at the Academy of Fine Arts in Dusseldorf, Germany. And then in 1975, he founded the Sphinx Publishing House with works mm-hmm. such great authors like Joseph Campbell and Gene Houston and Timothy Leary and Alan Watts. Now, how did you jump from being in uh, architecture to uh, being a publisher of great works? Oh, that's um, not so easy to explain. Um, <laughs> during my studies in architecture, I made uh, a trip to India to study uh, um, a matriarchal um, people in the East, in Assam, and also other uh, interesting um, parts of the Indian culture. And when I came back, we had a first uh, economic crisis which is the uh, which was so called the oil crisis in the in the early 70s i don't know if anybody can remember that and uh and uh, I another waiting uh, in line for gasoline <laughs> and uh, another uh, aspect was that i was uh, interested in literature ever since and uh, by chance, I could start uh, opening a bookshop and finally publish, uh, start a publishing company. And that was then finally was the moment when I first got in touch with Albert Hoffman for publishing an interview in uh, my in the magazine I started in 1977, and that was the beginning uh, with my friendships and uh, that when we first met and later. I I was able and I was lucky and happy to publish his second book. His first is is named or titled LSD, My Problem Child. And I published in 1986 his book, Inside Outlook, Three Philosophical Essays. And so that was the beginning of a over 35-year-old long friendship with this wonderful man. I didn't realize that he discovered LSD when he was working in the pharmaceutical uh, research, and he was looking for something to help the um, the lungs and the circulation, and this is how he discovered LSD. Is that true? Yes, he um, he was he was working in uh, ergot. Uh, research ergot alkaloids and ergot i don't know if you know that uh, that's a fungus uh, on the on the rye and uh, it it's used uh, in in, uh, in in birth health for for centuries all over but uh, then he uh, was interested in in doing research uh, which is uh, superior had already started at Sandoz. He was fascinated by this uh, by this fungus, and he uh, managed to create a number of uh, derivatives of this alkaloid. And the 25th, that's the LSD, that's the lysergic acid diethylamide. And uh, when he gave this uh, 25th substance to the pharmaceutical department at Sandoz. They did some animal testings that was normal at that time, but they didn't find any uh, real effect and didn't uh, recommend any further uh, research uh, on the substance. But uh, for Albert Hoffman, the substance didn't really uh, went into oblivion because he had this, uh, uh, to quote him, he had this uh, strange premonition that this drug might have additional effects to those exhibited during the first experiment. This led me to produce LSD-25 again five years later, after the first synthesis. And this was unusual because test compounds were normally struck from the research program once declared to be of no pharmacological interest. And uh, the thing is that he had just the feeling that uh, and, and the chemical structure appeals to him and uh, to to and prompted him to take this extraordinary step and that was in April 1943 and when he did the second synthesis 
And uh, But to his surprise, he had to interrupt his work in the middle of an afternoon, went home, uh, being affected by restlessness and combined with a slight dizziness. But this first mild intoxication was rather pleasant. It was like a dreamlike state with increased imagination and an intense kaleidoscopic play of colors. And after two hours, of this condition faded away. But... Then Albert Hoffman had to know, because he was sure to have worked with greatest caution. And then he decided to undertake this first sales experiment the following 19th April. And tomorrow we kind of celebrate the 17th anniversary of this first sales experiment, which then led to the first LSD trip, which... It already it it also started with dizziness and disturbed vision, paralysis, and soon led to a severe crisis. And then in panic he cycled home, but this time he asked his assistant to accompany him, because it was much stronger. And this first LSD trip, this first experiment was an eight eight hour long blend of horror and bliss, and beginning with fear of death but ending with a feeling of being reborn the other morning. And then Albert Hoffman realized that he has discovered the most potent psychoactive substance yet known. But uh, could you tell us about his uh, world-renowned uh, bicycle ride? Well, that was his bicycle ride. Oh, when, that was. Uh, when he, that was his bicycle ride. And it was such a strong uh, effect that he asked his assistant to come along with him. And the the fact that he took a bicycle and not a, a cab or so, that was in 1943. It was in the middle of the war in, in Europe. And, I mean, Switzerland wasn't involved in war, but gasoline was rationed. And there were no cars around, no cabs around, and only a few wealthy people could afford a car anyway. And Albert Hoffman used to uh, go back and forth to work and home with his bicycle. And it, for most Americans, this was very strange. By Why didn't he take a cab or a car? And that was the fact. And uh, so in 1984... Uh, a professor of uh, psychology here in America, university professor, finally coined the term a bicycle day for this 19th April, 1943, or for this 19th April, which is tomorrow. It's the 17th anniversary of the discovery of LSD. Wow. That's so great. Do we have that... Um... <laughs> <laughs> the event coming up, uh, and people uh, will be able to to visit you and um, see the book signing and everything uh, at the marketplace here in, in Oakland at the Marriott City Center. That's going to be great. Um, what what do you remember most about Albert? Um, our many 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 discussions about not only his drug, but mainly about what the drug can cause and can trigger in the positive way, which is the, the rise of consciousness, which is insight into the laws of the universe, uh, a deeper understanding of nature, a deeper understanding of our relationship to creation, to nature, and to take care of our wonderful, unique blue planet, which finally was has been discovered by uh, through space uh, discovery in 1980, 1968, when Apollo 8 uh, went up and for the first time they saw an Earth rise and not a Moon rise, and then. Um, it was Frank Borman, I think, uh, when he said, look at this wonderful planet. And that was a first shift or a, f a first change in consciousness. 
our relationship with with uh, with with nature, with with uh, animals, with plants, and so and so on. And that was a very important issue until Albert's death uh, in 2008, until his age of 102. He was able to see uh, the uh, the uh, uh, the whole of the universe in uh, in a small flower and in a small leaf of grass like the, uh, the the poet William Blake from from who is the saying seeing the world in a in a in a, in a grain of sand and Albert was uh, was that far that he could see everything he said it would say listen look at this small seed and in this seed the whole information for a leaf of grass a tree uh, and whatever, or a huge, um, uh, yeah, a huge tree is it's all in this small seed, and there must be more uh, to discover uh, within creation. And that was my moment, my great moments with him. All these discussions about all and everything, and that's that was Fantastic. very. Uh, but that was very fantastic, and I had got more insight in his mystical vision of of nature, and uh, that's also based on his mystical vision he had in at the age of ten when he went uh, strolling in the forest as a young boy, when he suddenly had this uh, this feeling of being part of the whole universe, the unity of of all being. And that's what we shared with each other, and uh, that that was always great times. And he was such a uh, he had such a great heart, and he had uh, he was such a wonderful person. I mean, it not only a chemist, he was also a mystic. Uh, and uh, towards the end of his life, he became more uh, a nature a philosopher of nature, uh, aside of his. Uh, his scientific research he did and the the, the things he developed he he developed uh, three medicaments in the in the 30s and 40s 1940s which are still in use which are still in help for uh, ill people or suffering people now uh, does it depend on your personality of what type of trip you would have with LSD because he was into nature and loved nature so that's what he saw, but when other people went on an LSD trip, was it de- dependent on their nature or their personality of what they saw? Oh, excuse me, say that again? Did different people have different trips on LSD? Because he was into nature, so he, his trip was you know, seeing the beauty of nature. But did mm-hmm. other people have similar uh, trips or... Were they different, depending on the well, person? Quite, well, we, well, you mentioned uh, Steve Jobs, who says that it was one of the two or three most important things in his life um, to take LSD, and he took it several times. And um, he, devel- he developed Apple computers. And uh, <laughs> when Bill Gates was asked uh, if he have ever... If he had ever taken LSD, he answered, "Well, I did things in my youth, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> left it in the in the air. Uh, what, uh, how many times he took LSD? And uh, uh, there are three Nobel Prize winners, uh, scientists, physicists, um, who took LSD, um, and one of them also told Albert Hoffman that." He thinks that without uh, LSD, he would not have made his um, discoveries, for which he uh, became uh, a Nobel Prize winner. And when you look at the effects from from various people, the millions who took LSD back in the 60s when it became so popular, um, you realize that at this at this time, uh, all these movements uh, started like the ecological movements, the peace movement, the uh, uh, women's liberation, sexual liberation, and uh, 
there is no specific uh, explanation how an LSD, an LSD trip uh, has an effect. But was but was important already at the first trip with Albert Hoffman when he biked home, when he bicycled home, when he arrived at home, he immediately let uh, his assistant call his doctor, his family doctor, and, and when he came, he looked at Albert, he, uh, and then he realized he could not give him anything because he didn't see anything not good. And um, he said, well, uh, everything is fine with you. And from that moment on, the LSD, the horror trip uh, he had until then, uh, immediately turned in a wonderful, in a wonderful mystical, spiritual experience. And later, Hoffman regarded this as a, as the very important concept of set and setting. For such a strong, potent substance, you need to be prepared. And that goes for other psychedelic substances. Psychedelic, which means the psychedelic, it's from the Greek, means opening the soul. And that's the, that's the important thing, because that's the reason that nobody really died of, of, of LSD physically, but it opened up, it could open up, you know, uh, hidden um, things in your in your inner, in your mind, in your soul, in your heart, which could lead to a psychosis. And uh, but it also had the it also had, as you see from all these movements, uh, um, a very in, a very important uh, influence on, on on culture, on science, in our. Dieter, let me ask history. you a question. Dieter, um, let me ask you, is there, did he ever say anything like, okay, you know, if someone didn't want to take LSD or any psychedelic um, input into their, uh, internally into their body, was there, after he went through this, was there a way that he, he may have said, but there's another way to do it? Uh, you know, without it, and this is the process. Did he ever open up and say anything in, in that context? Oh yes, he it, uh, uh, he, uh, he accepted that there are many, many, many other ways to uh, to develop uh, a, a spirituality uh, in 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 you. That's that's uh, he, he never said that somebody has to take LSD to reach higher levels of consciousness. Not at all. But was his dream that LSD could help the world and, and help the human race to uh, create peace and harmony with the, uh, with the planet? Yes, and that's, that goes along that he and other researchers, when they uh, looked deeper in the, in, the, in the effects of LSD and in the chemical structure, they saw that the chemical structure is similar to the chemical structure of the of the magic mushrooms and of the uh, ololiqui, which is the we know as the morning glory, and those are three completely different uh, plants or semi-synthetic uh, compounds, and uh, it was realized also mainly by Albert Hoffman that such and similar compounds and psychedelic substances have been used by various cultures for the last many thousands of years, but always in a ritual context and always or mainly for healing people and also for, you know, make a connection between the terrestrial uh, level to the, to the cosmic dimensions. And to get uh, a connection with the with the universe, with the um, with uh, with higher dimensions, with the gods, and goddesses, and also to realize um, the uh, the um, the beauty of, of of life or the spe the the, the special uh, um, 
issue of, of life. It's such a wonderful thing. And it's we live on such a wonderful planet. And so we have to take care of this planet. And that's something Hoffman got access to, to realize the beauty of nature and the beauty of uh, the wonders of creation. Well, did the scientific community ever recognize this? Well, the thing is that uh, when it changed culture, when it changed the, when the uh, when the sixties came with the youth movement, and also especially in America, who, who was at war with uh, with Vietnam, and uh, it became a cultural and uh, political issue, and uh, it was kind of. Um, it was uh, it was uh, dangerous for the whole structure of the political and cultural structure, and that was the reason it was it, it became declared illegal in 1966. Although nothing, uh, there were no deaths, <laughs> no deaths from LSD, but the change of in culture and the anti-war movement. That was a, uh, um, a threat for 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 the for the politicians, and that's why they declared it illegal. And that meant that also all research and it became illegal all over the world. So all research uh, stopped all over, and there were no more uh, therapies allowed. And there were a lot of um, therapies and studies, medical studies going on in the States and in other countries with alcoholics, with depressive people, with terminally ill cancer patients. And it always helped these people and these patients. But then research and therapy was stopped and wasn't allowed uh, anymore. Very much to the... Albert uh, uh, Hoffman was really completely disappointed and hundreds of uh, doctors and, and therapists, psychotherapists all over uh, were disappointed as well and there was no other way to continue, there was no way to continue research, deeper research and more studies with this substance. Well most of the time when something like this happens, Dieter, it's because it supports people and I think the people in the higher positions don't want um, people to be more connected to themselves and to Mother Earth. So um, a lot of this, you know, is stymied. Yes. But again, you know, if, if I, if, uh, you know, having appreciation or gratitude or, you know, forgiveness in your heart and being able to stop long enough in this fast-paced world um, you know, people would be able to get to a higher consciousness and just taking time out, you know, laying in the grass. And um, and I, I can see where LSD and everything will, you know, it, it's kind of a directive thing and um, it allows people to get in touch with themselves on a quicker basis. Uh, did, excuse me. Indigenous people, like you said, you know, use this to um to support themselves too and to look at to life in a better way um, but how you know um, what what were the challenges that you experienced if any in bringing this book to life um, <laughs> uh, just a lot of work because uh um all the doors were opened for our research from the family side of Albert Hoffman and uh, his son and his daughter, uh, who still are still alive, and also from the uh, archives of Sandoz and many, many, many other um, places where we found documents and when we where we find correspondence like with people like Aldous Huxley or Ernst Jünger, the poet, and um, everybody was uh, extremely happy that uh, such a book is planned and uh, we had support from every possible side. Now, how did you and Lucius meet? I mean, how did you get together 
to co-author this book together? I can't remember exactly, but I think it was uh, it was uh, it was through Albert Hoffman when we finally we knew of each other and uh, and then finally met and uh, it was in 1993 when we founded the Gaia Media Foundation when we established the Gaia Media Foundation in 1993 and planned for the 50th anniversary of uh, discovery of LSD, planned a first conference, but we realized it's not yet the right time for for this. And uh, then years passed, and uh, then we realized, oh, Albert is going to be 100 years old and is still mentally, physically... um, completely alert, still curious, uh, um, and still um, blessed with uh, uh, downright curiosity and interested in everything that's going on. And uh, then we decided to organize this conference, this international conference um, called LSD, Problem Child, and Wonder Drug, because those were these two extremes uh, LSD had to um, experience in his uh, long life, and Albert Hoffman as his as its discoverer as well. So we had this conference in 2006 for his 100th birthday in Basel, uh, with 80 uh, speakers, scientists, researchers, therapists from all over the world, or witnesses of the time, like. Uh, Caroline Garcia, the uh, the wife of Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead, uh, or from England, people who uh, experienced the first uh, um, open concert from Pink Floyd in the 60s, and uh, and many many others, and it was a great success. And 2,000 people came from all over the world, from some 40 different countries, and uh, and then it was very interesting to see the reaction of the media and from the public we had such a interesting support uh, for, uh beginning from the uh from the hotel it was a huge uh, convention center hotel and they even said okay we have a special room for albert hoffman if he wants to uh have a nap or uh, or refresh for a, for a few minutes or for a couple of hours and the media was was extremely positive uh, that we had this conference, and um, we had a lot of uh, media coverage uh, from from the United States over Switzerland up to China. And that was a wow. kind that we realized it was a shift of of, of consciousness, but also a shift after LSD has been demonized. As a, as a, uh, as an evil drug in the 60s, and uh, which was very much to the disappointment of, of Albert Hoffman, because the first uh, exper- the first research and therapies proved that it was um, uh, a usable substance, uh, um, correctly used. And uh, then he was very happy, and at the end of the conference, he openly said at the, uh, that he thinks that finally his problem child would turn into a wonder drug. Do you see this in the future? I mean, do you think they'll finally start using it in therapy? Well, after 35 years, uh, not last because we sent a petition to the Swiss government and uh, received a very positive answer um, from the Minister of of Health in Switzerland that he said, well, if you follow the regulations and uh, uh, then there is no obstacle to to do a study or to do further research. And that's when Dr. Peter Gasser, who also will speak at the Psychedelic Science Conference starting tomorrow here in Oakland, um, when he uh, wrote a protocol for a study with 12 terminally ill cancer patients uh, in Switzerland. 
uh, a therapy which has been done in the 1980s by Stan Groff and other uh, psychotherapists in America and in other countries very successfully. He wanted to do this study, and the study was funded by the uh, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, one of the organizers of this conference beginning tomorrow, um, located in, uh, in the United States, the West Coast here. And then it went to the Ethic Commission, it went to Swiss Medic, who is approving new medicaments, and then finally um, to the Ministry of Health at the government, and they approved this study, which started three years ago with 12 terminally ill cancer patients. The study is finished about a year ago, but uh, a final report has not yet been published. It, uh, Peter Gosser is still working on it. But the study was a complete success. The main issues were to reduce pain with these patients, and the other, uh, the more spiritual dimension, was that people uh, had a, um, an improved spiritual access to their lives and just um, kind of um, difficult um, to explain, just to, to go along with their illness and um, to, to, to accept that they have cancer and to accept that they will die. And that was very helpful in, in giving them the chance or giving them um, a peaceful ending of their lives without anxiety and without too much pain. And that's a very delicate um, issue and a very delicate um, aspect of the use of LSD. And But one must say that the first study with only 12 terminally ill patients after almost 40 years. So, so there is still a lot to do and a lot of research and many, many, many other studies uh, to do. And that's one thing. Uh, but Hoffman also was convinced that it will happen, but it will take time. Because there, I would is, still opposition, would... there is still opposition from politicians, from the cultural side, and but also from the medical side or from research side, from scientists, and uh, like other things, it takes, it needs to take time. We, it, it takes time. Have they used uh, uh, experiments with people with addictions? Yes, it, uh, um, uh, especially with uh, with alcoholism, it was one of the first. Um, uses of LSD in the in the 1960s and uh, I don't know if I mentioned it but Bill Wilson the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous was uh, a, a friend of he he uh, supported the use of LSD uh, back then but then soon after it was declared illegal so it couldn't be applied but it was applied in Canada in the 1960s and also in the United States. And it was very, with, with a lot of success. Dieter, when you were writing the book, um, how did his family, particularly his children, feel about you writing this book? Well, in the beginning, they were a little skeptic. <laughs> and uh, because there was so much controversy about the about the, the drug, about the substance, but also controversy, uh, not last, from the media, from politics and so, uh, for their father. And they had a hard time to get along with it. And um, when we approached, uh, especially his son, who is uh, taking care of the estate, of his diaries and everything, of his, all the documents, the correspondence with, uh, with important people, um, he was skeptic, and then we sent him a draft of the first chapter, and he read it, and he uh, corresponded with uh, other relati uh, relatives of, of Albert Hoffman, and uh, then he finally called us and said, 
we think it's going to be a good thing. And um, he gave us green lights to, for the first time, to look at his diaries, which were, you know, not accessible until then. And so we had insight in his diaries into his correspondence with various other researchers uh, from all over the world. And um, and uh, now when the book came out, they were both absolutely delighted about the book and they loved it very much and they were very grateful that we wrote this book. Did uh, Did you discuss writing a book with Albert before he passed away? No, we didn't plan it. And uh, but after his death, we planned to just as a small tribute to 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 arrange a small brochure to put together a small brochure with a few uh, writings, texts about his life, a few photos. And then when we digged further, <laughs> we realized that there is so much to tell about his life and to tell about his the long life of of his, his discovery and the, on the, the contro- controversy that we finally decided to to write the book and beca- it became longer and longer and longer and now it's a 400 and page 400 page uh, volume with 500 uh, photographs and uh, illustrations and uh, we even had more and we had to cut down <laughs> so uh, but now the uh, the uh, the reactions uh, from from readers from bookshops and from the media they were all uh, already from the german language edition and now from the recently published english language edition they were all so positively we were really surprised but of course we were very happy about the reaction to give more insight into this uh, into this uh, very special life and into this very special story of this discovery. I would think your book will help um, move forward more research, I mean, bring it to LSD to light again. I would think your book is helping this. I hope so. But I would also like to to uh, to, to add that uh, Albert Hoffman also discovered the active agents of the magic mushrooms. And uh, now also, especially in America, the research of uh, the effects of magic mushrooms started here. And it was in the 50s when uh, Dr. Walter Panke did his Good Friday experiments with uh, students of uh, of, uh, theology. in, at the University of Boston, and they found out the positive effects of these of psilocybin, which is uh, called the, uh, the the active substance of the magic mushrooms. And late and now, a couple of years ago, Dr. Roland Griffiths started an, a similar study, and again with. Uh, with cancer patients at the Johns Hopkins University and with very, very positive effects. And these studies are being continued and they have been in the media within the last few years everywhere from from, from the San Francisco Chronicle to the New York Times, Washington Post, all over, and also in scientific uh, magazines like Science or Nature, uh, Discovery, and so on, and um, that also goes back to a discovery from Albert Hoffman, and also relates to the uh, to the uh, ritual uses of such substances. These substances, especially the mushrooms, but also the peyote from from the peyote cactus, the mescaline, um, in uh, in old cultures for thousands of years. So we are kind of a, uh, we're in a, in, in, in a time of a shift of consciousness that we can look back to a, ancient traditions and can make uh, a step, a cultural, scientific, therapeutic, uh, therapeutic uh, step into new dimensions. Also, 
you know, for the good of humanity, for the single suffering human being, but also for the uh, continuously uh, suffering planet, suffering nature. So there is a, it's a, it's a huge, uh, it's a, it's a very, it's a great thing happening, <laughs> or could happen. There's a huge, and it's, a it's huge a lot to opening. talk about. <laughs> it's now a the, new um, opening. It's, now the peyote, and we hope that the, we the can contribute. The Native Americans uh, use peyote in, in rituals, but did they all, do they also use it for illness? The, I think they, uh, the American Indians. Right. Yeah. I, I know they so. use it for I mean, ritual. Yes, but part of the ritual is the healing aspect because um, they also regard like... Uh, other um, spiritual um, people or Buddhists especially regard that we are in the process of evolution that we haven't reached the ultimate for a long time that we need to heal ourselves um, to be in the position to heal the planet and to heal the the destructions we have done to the planet, the um, exploitation of, of the planet, and we are on the shift. I mean, we are talking about peak oil, we are talking about nuclear power, we are talking about all these forces, and not uh, for nothing. Uh, the LSD has uh, been um, discovered around the same time as the atomic bomb in, in the, in, in the mid-40s. So uh, many, even Albert Hoffman and other people, have said, well, this is the antidote to the atomic bomb. It's the, the inner, it's a kind of an inner, a spiritual, a mental bomb, in quotation marks, of course. And that was a turn. I mean, then we had the Cold War. We had all these movements. And uh, within, since the mid of the last century, there is something, it's a change going on in consciousness. And uh, LSD was also a trigger for many Americans, especially to become Buddhists, uh, which, as, which is not a religion, but it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, there are sp spiritual um, teachings combined with it to understand more of the laws of the universe and also more of the uh, of the of the human being of uh, what a human being can be or can become and we are kind of in the midst of this process of becoming real conscious human beings going along in symbiosis with the planet we are living on and when you look at the planet it's such a wonderful uh, unique planet, and uh, we are blessed with with life in this vast universe where we only start to um, to see the vastness and the um, and the beauty of the planet and of nature. Well, LSD reminds me I, I, I might be wrong of what happens to you after you uh, go on the other side when you pass away. And you can look at things in more of a, a harmonious, beautiful way. And LSD reminds me that this could be very similar. Well, that's a difficult. Uh, that's um, yes, <laughs> it's a difficult <laughs> issue and very hard to 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 give a, a precise to, to give a precise answer or to prove it. Um, but uh, there is uh, there is one thing. I mean, you probably know Aldous Huxley, the famous uh, British American uh, writer, who was a friend of uh, of, Aldous, of of Albert Hoffman, and he first uh, took mescaline and had experiments with mescaline, which led to write uh, his book Heaven and Hell because he saw both sides of these strong substances. But when he was at the edge of, of the, he was 
that near the die, uh, he was near dying, and then uh, asked his wife to give him uh, 100 micrograms of acid, of uh, LSD, as it is uh, for the street name for LSD, and uh, then his doctor came and he uh, gave him these uh, 100 micrograms in his process of in his dying process and um a friend wrote uh, to albert hoffman um i think that i can tell you that now that he died he died with a smile on his face and extremely uh, and obviously extremely peacefully so this kind of confirms what 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 your feeling is a boost to the other side, huh? <laughs> it's a gift. Not a boost, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, um, when it's used for terminally ill cancer patients, that was one of the most important uses of, of LSD in, in various dosages, and it always helped these patients to get along with the idea of dying, and it also helped them to to die peacefully and uh, to accept the way their life goes and how their life lives ends. Well, I didn't mean a boost to the other side. I meant a boost <laughs> to <laughs> I meant a boost to spirituality, a, birth, a boost to being That's able correct. to look at something in a beautiful, uh, in a beauf- in a beautiful passage. I, I almost see a turbo. You know, you. <laughs> okay. You're absolutely correct. It's a boost into uh, it's into a spiritual dimension. That's absolutely correct. Like it was a boost yeah. in, uh, for many people who then became Buddhist because it's, they saw that Buddhist, Buddhism Buddhism would give them um, a, a deeper insight into these uh, dimensions. And it's very important. It's, it's not meant um, that LSD should be used again and again and again. Um, for most people, one substantial and well-accompanied um, um, by a good person trip could uh, be enough and the famous writer and philosopher and also Buddhist Alan Watts who might be familiar to you he wrote that once you get the message once you get the message hang up the phone and that means when you know what's possible you don't need these substances anymore to 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 reach or to to know what the spiritual dimension would mean, which doesn't mean that the indigenous cultures do it in ritual in certain, um, a few times, let's say a year or so, but also both for healing, but also always to reconnect again with higher dimensions. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Dieter, we apologize a minute. Excuse me. We need to let the people know that there are two um, times here that that they can connect with you and Lucius um, Wurzmuller, and uh, that's Friday <clears throat> tomorrow. Wow, my voice is going. <clears throat> okay. Uh, well, mine too. Twelve fifteen <laughs> to one. T- <laughs> I'm sorry. Twelve fifteen to one fifteen. Open to the public, located in the marketplace at the Oakland Marriott City uh, Center, and uh, there you'll be book signing with um, with uh, yourself and also Lucius Worth Mueller, mm-hmm. and uh, and then again on Sunday, um, another book signing at um, the uh, and a talk at City Lights Bookstore in San Francisco. And that will be uh, Sunday the 21st um, from 5 until 7 p.m. Uh, it's at 261 Columbus Avenue in San Francisco. And um, you can uh, connect with Dieter and also Lucius there. Did I hear Dieter say something about a conference, a psychedelic conference in Oakland? Yes. Well, 
we at the conference are within the conference program and before the public uh, signing we give a presentation of of the life a one hour presentation uh, at the conference of the life of Albert Hoffman and his discovery but this one hour presentation with uh, this illustrated presentation we show a few pictures uh, photos illustrations uh, from the book, this presentation will also be uh, happening at the City Lights Bookstore on Sunday at 5 p.m. for an hour, and that's uh, accessible to the public. So if somebody doesn't have goats to the conference, they have the uh, possibility to go to the City Lights Bookstore on Sunday afternoon, 5 p.m., and they will have our table. Uh, they can have our presentation and a one-hour presentation with illustrations, with photos. Can, can people still get tickets to the conference? Ooh, I don't know. I think yes. I think yes. But uh, where will where will the conference? I'm not. Be? I'm not. I, the, the conference starts tomorrow um, at the Marriott, at the Oakland Marriott on Broadway. Oh, the other but thing I, I don't. Let I'm not that. part of the organizers, so I cannot give you a precise information about that. Okay. But uh, what's the name of the conference? Maps. Um, the mystic. Uh, it's, uh, the maps. It's psychedelic. Psychedelic science. Yeah, psychedelic okay. science. Yeah. And uh, I but I don't have a phone number. Maybe if you call. If you call the, Mar the Marriott, yeah, the Marriott, yes. Oakland Marriott, they can connect you with a with somebody um, who can tell you, who could inform you about uh, still available availability of tickets for I the conference. Yeah, I think it's pretty um, big. It's Maps, M A P S, in capital letters, Psychedelic yes. Science Conference in Oakland. So people go Google too. Um, the other thing is, is I want to ask us uh, to, I mean, to ask you, uh, tell us uh, about the Gaia Medi uh, the Media Foundation you run. Just can you share that with us briefly? Well, as I said, we we arranged this uh, conference at the occasion of the 100th birthday of Albert Hoffman in 2006. And because of the great success of this conference, we uh, arranged another conference in 2008 called the World Psychedelic Forum, where we shed light on other psychedelic substances, like we mentioned peyote or ayahuasca or mescaline or ma magic mushrooms, and again with, with uh, as many scientists and with as many visitors. And on the other side, we had local um, lectures and talks in Basel uh, with people like Stanislav Grof, Albert Hoffman, John Lilly, and many, many other researchers and uh, scientists. And um, we also entertain um, a website, which is gaiamedia.org, uh, it's a, a German language site and an English language site which um, presents what we call good news, good news uh, for humans, for the planet, and positive developments from various sources uh, all over the world, in, from science, culture, and we present new books about these topics. And our slogan is Ancient Traditions Here and Now, New Dimensions. So we would combine, you know, our heritage from old cultures into new dimensions through the here and now. And uh, we also do, I uh, do a monthly newsletter, and um, this goes to. In the meantime, many, many thousand subscribers uh, also from all over the world who receive it and like it very much. <laughs> and it's especially Peter, because we live in a... Yes? 
Um, I was going to say, let me just take a moment here because we've got one minute left. I want to let people know that I have one book to give away to our listeners, um, and the book is Mystic Chemist. Um, and if, uh, let's see, Mystic Chemist, The Life of Albert Hoffman and His Discovery of LSD, if you email um Paula and I at our website, info at tazandpaulashow.com. We will um, uh, capture the person who uh, emails us first, and we will send you out a signed copy that Dieter and Lucius will sign. Thank you so much. Dieter, I hope that uh, there's a movie made out of this book. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> well, thank you, Tess, and thank you, Paula, for this uh, for this interview to give me to give me a chance to, um, in my modest English, uh, to give an, uh, an overview of the of this wonderful life and the long life of Albert Hoffman and the um, and his yes remarkable faithful discovery. Well, thank you so much for being with us. It was a, a wonderful hour.